0: Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Um, well, my name is Michelle Butler. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I currently work in private practice. My practice is called Holding Space Counseling Services, and I work with men, women, and couples. Um, Primarily, I would say my favorite clients are are anxious. It sounds funny that I enjoy (laughs) anxiety, but it's just, I think it also is just because I also resonate with being an anxious person. Um, And so I would say that primarily I always um, encourage individuals who are maybe highly anxious, highly achieving, um, just to kind of recognize their internal worth um, and not be so focused on always um, producing, being able to kind of Recognize that you're worthy just as who you are.
0: I love it. Okay. So, yeah. anxiety is one of my favorite topics. So, this is- <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love that you, you know, just kind of can be human and saying, like, I'm a therapist, but Hey, like I deal with anxiety too. And so I would love just for people who are listening that maybe don't really either haven't really been exposed to a definition or really understand what that could look like. If you would like to share like how you define or, or, um, see anxiety to show up.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing that I see anxiety coming up, um, a lot in my clients is, this constant worry, this constant worry that something is going to go wrong. They go to the worst possible um, case scenario, even without evidence of something um, actually uh, that's going to go wrong. So a lot of times it's, it's definitely based in kind of this illogical type of thought pattern, something that's very um, distorted from reality. Um, and I think a lot of times it's based on their experiences. So it's not that they are, um, just kind of making up a fear. Um, but it is that the fear is not present. It's not something that's currently an actual threat. Um, and so it's mostly helping people to kind of recognize like in this moment, you're safe, how to live more in the moment and not so future focused, worrying about things that you can't control or things that may never happen.
0: Yes, I love it. And, and it's all easier said than done, right? 100%.
1: But
0: the awareness piece can be really helpful in someone maybe feeling empowered um As far as what they they can do moving forward, and so um you know, you said some of your favorite clients are anxious for them or the clients that you've worked with um that have come in anxious, what things have you been able either to talk about um uncover or or teach them how to do in the form of coping skills to manage those those anxiety symptoms?
1: yeah, well, what I'll say is that what I've noticed is that especially with the specific population. So let's say people who are like highly anxious and highly achieving. Mm-hmm. Um, these individuals tend um, to be like perfect on the outside. Right. So when you kind of look at these individuals, you're like, oh, they got it going on. Um, you know, they're successful. They're, you know, pillars in the community. Um, you know, their mothers and fathers. Um But they have this deep internal sense of not being good enough. They see themselves as more so like they connect their achievements to their worth. Right, and so they're constantly achieving, not just because you know they enjoy the work that they do; they do it because they feel like if they don't, they won't be loved or they won't be accepted. Um, and so there's this fear of being in a, of a, being abandoned, or like this fear of um, being outcasted in some way. And um, and sometimes there's even like this imposter syndrome where they're they're afraid that people might find out that they're not, you know, really worthy or or that they somehow got lucky um, to get where they are. And so one thing I've noticed is that a lot of times it comes from childhood experiences that maybe within their home, they were were really praised, you know, for achieving, for being, um, you know, neat, you know, or, or being a child that, um, you know, did their homework on time or, um, being a child that was able to kind of maybe even anticipate the needs of their parent in some way. Um, and these were easy kids. So, um, like a joke, like a running joke is like, if, um, if you were ever told in elementary school that you were a pleasure to have in class, um, you are probably one of my clients. Uh, so, um, I, I know just a lot of individuals um, don't realize the impact of the pressure of achieving and how that can really just kind of get pushed into their worth. And separating that um, really kind of comes down to helping them to see number one, that they don't have to achieve in order to be worth something. So it's just tackling that, I would say, like a cognitive distortion in many ways. So I teach them about cognitive distortions, um, teach them, um, you know, how to recognize and how to break them apart um, and how to replace it with a more accurate thought. Um, And a big part of when I say accurate thought I tell them it's not about being falsely positive. Like, we're not going to be like, oh, you're awesome, you're the best. Because that's even part of what contributes to them really kind of um, merging their value with their achievement. Um, It's more so being able to get them to see that an accurate thought would be, I'm doing the best I can, and at the same time, I'm tired you know, or I'm doing the best I can. I'm feeling stressed out. Um, and at the same time, you know, I'm disappointed, you know, just being able to see themselves as full people, um, that, you know, even if, even if they're working hard, even if they're not able to, um, meet a specific goal, it's just not a reflection of their, of who they are in their work.
0: I love that. Yeah. That separation is so key because I feel like a lot of, I think that I, a lot of people will resonate with hearing that um, because there's just so many little things that kids hear growing up that then leads them to attach those things together. Um, and then it gets reinforced because I heard it at home and I heard it at school. And then I heard it from my coach, and then I heard it, you know what I mean. And so then it, it kind of turns into mm-hmm. um, its own thing, where it was reinforced not on purpose, not for malicious intent, but you know just by virtue of of um, the the environments and circumstances in which you grew up. And a lot of the times, it's something that people have praised, right? So then you get praised for yes this characteristic or this quality that you have. And then it gets in hyperdrive where we think 100% of the time we have to exercise this thing. Where it's like, no, you can be high achieving, high performing at work for the eight hours. And then how do we learn how to turn it down? Because maybe your kids don't need that version of you. Maybe your partner doesn't need that version of you. Or your friends don't need that version of you. Um, And so I think it kind of gets in hyperdrive because it's a skill to be able to turn that thing on and utilize it. But then I think a part of the issue is like, how can we learn how to be in control of it as opposed to it being in control of us you know
1: yeah so much and cuz like you said it that it was praised um it's a trait that throughout their life it's a it's a positive you know in air quotes type of thing coping skill of being able to um you know anticipate a problem figure it out um, you know, problem solve, all of that, um, and, and doing it at a high level, outperforming their peers and things like that. Um, and so these individuals do go on to have successful careers. They do go on to have, um, you know, you know, families and, and be people who are looked up to in the community. Um, but there's just deep sense of this is all I'm good for, um, you know, and, and so being able to kind of show them that it's okay to disappoint people. Cause sometimes that is the fear that when I go home, I'm going to be a disappointment or, um, when people find out who I really am, they're not going to be accepting of who I am or, or they're going to feel like I'm letting them down. Um, but it's kind of being like, it's okay to let people down. So it's sometimes pushing back against a lot of the beliefs that I would say, aren't they're they're not natural it's not natural for us to kind of think like oh it's okay for me to let people down because you know think about our survival is dependent on people liking us and belonging and that type of thing um and so sometimes it's counterintuitive to think about it's okay to you know say no it's okay to say like I I can't do it it's 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 okay to set boundaries all of those things are okay to do. And and so just really helping people to challenge those norms of of what is expected of them and how they can push back and just kind of live for themselves.
0: I love it. So, you know, in a scenario where someone has maybe because these are maybe individuals I assume um, that will pile a lot onto their plate. Right, because if you, if you if they're not saying no, they're saying yes. So um, if they've piled a lot of things on their plate, they're recognizing, oh, maybe I've stretched myself a bit thin here, um, and it's not sustainable for me, or it's maybe leaning to leading to burnout. Because I would also assume that this is a population that's at a higher rate of. Um, potential burnout or, or burnt out individuals, you know, how would someone start to walk themselves out of that? You know what I mean? Hopefully before it gets to the point that it's like, like it's messed up their entire, you know, schedule or their relationships or their work. um, What would you kind of suggest for someone to start either recognizing signs and, and implementing some strategies um, in that journey of, understanding that they might be in this place and then doing something to avoid it getting worse.
1: Yeah. That's a really good that's a really good question because the thing that I think the challenge that people might have is that they get to burnout. You know that they it's hard to slow down and recognize before they get there. You know, especially kind of when I'm seeing people in therapy, it's almost like they've reached their last straw type of thing and that they're, you know, kind of coming as a, a last resort effort. Um, and I think preventing yourself from getting to that point is really about self-awareness and being able to kind of identify I'm feeling isolated. I think feeling isolated is, um, I would say that's a big um, risk factor. Let's mm-hmm. say if you're somebody who is highly um you know, high anxiety, and you're also very high performing, highly achieving individual, and you feel yourself surrounded by people, but you're feeling isolated, even though you're surrounded by people. And it's not a matter of being an extrovert or introvert. You're just feeling isolated. You're just feeling like people don't understand you. You're feeling like, um, you can't connect with anyone. Um, a big issue that I'm seeing, um, that I've experienced myself is feeling like your problems aren't big enough. Um, feeling like, you know, um, your trauma is insignificant compared to somebody else's trauma. Um, if you find yourself comparing, um, your experiences to other people's experiences and always feeling like what you are feeling is less significant, um, because you see yourself as well, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't um, complain, you know, I have, I've achieved so much in life. Um, so I, I shouldn't complain. Um, and, and it just really kind of leads to this resentment and this loneliness, I would say, of just not feeling connected, not feeling like you are able to voice what you're feeling. Um, and so when you're feeling that way, I think that that's a good place to kind of start and kind of look inside and say, like, I think I need to reach out. Um, I'm, I'm feeling pretty isolated. I'm feeling like nobody understands me. Um, I think about the strong friend, the, the person that everybody goes to for advice. They're the person that's put together. They're the person that um, people see as strong and, and achieving. Um, and they sometimes assume maybe that that person doesn't have problems. And that person that, you know, is having those problems, they're afraid to kind of let people in on their experience um, for fear that they're going to be found out, um, you know? And so it just kind of continues that cycle where they're needing connection, but they're not reaching out for fear that if they do reach out, they're going to be isolated even more.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, the, the idea of the strong friend, the isolation right because essentially everyone gets groomed in in the situation to see things a certain way and to react and respond a certain way so even for the person who's starting to feel isolated or lonely might might not feel like they can turn to anyone. And sometimes for people, it's like they can't even turn to their parents because even their parents see them as the strong one or whatever. And sometimes maybe they have reached out and said, I'm stressed out or I'm overwhelmed or I'm really tired or I don't know what's going on with my body or my sleep has been off. Um, And then people unknowingly invalidate or disregard uh, the signs and symptoms that someone is kind of trying to bring to them. And so that's why I always say, you know, you want to get support, but you want to get the right support because while someone is your family and friends and they love you and care about you, like they, they aren't necessarily, um, an expert at helping you to be able to navigate certain things. And so, you know, everyone in the situation gets groomed and so you might be invalidated when and then they're like, "No, you're fine, you're good." And so then you tell yourself, "Oh, wait, no, I'm fine. I'm good. I can keep going. I can keep pushing." Mm-hmm. And then that's that's where it kind of leads to this, you know, extreme fatigue, like this extreme burnout, right? And so I think that I love you mentioning that if these signs are starting to come up for you. And I would I would guess to say that this is going to resonate with a lot of people listening, um, that you want to get the right support in place that can help you kind of navigate these waters because... Mm-hmm people that are around you already see you as this person who can handle a lot and they may not understand that you know you you seriously need support not that the world is ending but that you need support and it's okay. It's okay for you not to be strong 100% of the time. It's okay for you to get support instead of being the one that people come to for support um, and how can we normalize for that person if it's quote unquote the strong friend or whatever um, their ability? to lean somewhere. Cause at some point they're going to have to, right? Like everyone at some point needs a place to lean. Yeah. How can they get tapped into that? You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because, you know, I think about like a, a big factor that even kind of contributes to it is kind of codependency that a lot of times um, these individuals grow up being parentified, Um, you know, where, they're taking care of their little brothers and sisters when they're growing up or they grow up in a family. Um, you know, I, have actually, I've actually seen that there's sometimes a lot of trauma that is unacknowledged. Um, maybe their parents, um, weren't able to show them, um, any type of positive reinforcement outside of their grades, um, you know, or things like that, or their parents weren't able to, um, be very present or be very accepting of who they are. Um, and cause I, let me just say this piece too, because I'll say that a, a big portion of the people that I see, um, tend to be, um, immigrants or children of immigrants, mm-hmm. um, people who sacrificed a lot to come to this country. And so then there becomes this burden of, I need to, I need to do this. I need to do this for those that came before me. Um, and this is also something that I see with African-American culture um, and working with my clients who are Black and how um, they feel like they got to do it for the culture, you know, and, and it becomes this pattern of having to kind of put on this facade of strength, even when you're not feeling strong um, and, and not being able to find any um, rest in your support system because your support system rests on you. Um, and so it is great to be able to find professionals that you can reach out to, um, finding other support systems, um, you know, groups and things like that, um, within your area that might be helpful.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, in that population, those populations, right, specifically that you mentioned, I just like bells and whistles are going off in my head because I can just recall, even for myself personally, um, and for so many people that I know, and my clients, just these narratives and uh, maybe the pressure, you know, the pressure around um, being able to perform because for some people it is that there are people that are relying on them in a lot of ways. Um, And, and for some people, especially maybe first generation that maybe it's that, you know, performance and income and things like that support are being not just um, utilized or, or relied on stateside, but also abroad. Right. So there's maybe an expectation for um, financial support uh, to be, to be sent over at some rate and whatnot. And so they're, they're, it becomes more and more layered as you go down the list of things that contribute. But you know, the more that we can talk about it and understand how to make it sustainable, because if you burn out and you're out for the count, like, it's no longer sustainable. You're no longer Mm -hmm. going to be able to perform. So how can we have a conversation around these things to figure out, okay, well, what's going to make it so that you can create a sustainable plan for the long run, as opposed to kind of this, this cycle of, um, you know, running, 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 falling apart, running, 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 falling apart, you know, um, that, that is Mm -hmm. just not going to work in the long run.
1: Yeah, it's not, um, you know, and, and the number one thing that I've seen that even for myself, because I can say that one reason why I think I resonate with this population so much is that I belong to this population. Um, you know, I'm, you know, black female, um, first generation American. My parents are, you know, um, you know, from Belize and Nicaragua. And, you know, I was always really great in school. I was always very high achieving. Um, and I think I was the good kid. Like, you know, it's like I was, I was the perfect little kid and it wasn't because I just was so well-behaved and just so, um, mature. It, It was a fear, I think in some ways where this fear of like, of not living up to their expectations, um, this fear of like, this is all that I'm worth, you know, that if, if I'm not, um, you know, if I'm not smart, then, you know, I'm just the little black kid type of thing. And, you know, these, these, um, things that you internalize that is very self-loathing and self-deprecating, um, that aren't accurate. They're not accurate, but a lot of times it's just this narrative, like you said, that, that gets put on us. Um, and so being able to kind of rewrite that story, look back, um, take, um, take away your responsibility sometimes, because I think sometimes you look back and you're like, that was a kid. (laughs) Like that was just a little kid. Like why would this little kid have this much responsibility? Right. And being able to kind of figure out like, where did you get this story that, um, you know, you had to be all these things. Like, was it ever like expressed to you like explicitly or, or was it something that was kind of um, you had to read between the lines to kind of learn um, and kind of even what sustains it. Um, so what relationships do you have now that keep that behavior um, kind of that maintain that behavior, I guess I would say, um, you know, especially like that same example of the strong friend where something that maintains the behavior, people come to you for advice. Um, people come to you, for your expertise and things like that, or, or they come to you for support. And so you still kind of are in this role of this person that has to be everything for everybody else. Um, but then you end up not being anything for yourself. Um, and, and that's leads to that isolation.
0: Hmm. I really love it. I appreciate you for, you know, taking time to chat with me and to just dive into something that I think is um, necessary to have conversations around more and more and more, (laughs) um, because so many people are affected by it. And so I would love for everyone to know where they can find you, um, you know, where are you most active so that if they're interested in just learning more about, you know, what you discussed with me today, um, that they're able to, that they're able to find you.
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, you can find me, um, if you need to contact me, you can get me through my website. So that would be www.holdingspacecs.com um, and also holdingspacecs on social media. So you can also find me on Instagram at holdingspacecs and on Facebook at spaceCS. Um, And so you can connect, you can reach out, um, collaboration, and also accepting clients. Thank you so
0: much again for coming on. Nothing but gratitude and appreciation. At some point there, I was like, okay, is she talking about me? Like, is this a (laughs) personal attack? But it's true and it just reminds me because I'm like even myself thinking, all right, I need to go into March and slow down. I need to find ways to make my work more sustainable. And so it's like constant reminders, um, you know, uh, and a lot of the time that we, we do have to be tapped into having conversations and talking to colleagues and hearing what other people are saying um, just to be reminded of the importance of all of this. And so I do just appreciate you and the work that you do um, specifically within, within the niche that you've got going on
1: yes thank you and thank you for having me um yeah i'm excited this was uh, it was really fun i'm actually a fan of the podcast so i follow on spotify um so yeah thank you for having me and yeah i'm looking forward to just reading and learning more about your your work
0: if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast you have a few options You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.